Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Doug Brown calls in to talk about the Alouettes game against the Bombers and how much weather could be a factor. Jamie Bettens of the Manitoba Junior Baseball League talks to me about the Final Four in the MLB postseason and the Power Parlay. Are we going to ever win? Why not listen to the podcast and find out? And one of the men calling the game in the booth with the window open is Doug Brown. Doug joins us now. Doug, how how are you looking forward to tomorrow's game? Uh, I'm actually driving right now. I'm headed to the stadium right now just because I want to leave myself enough time. Just kidding. I'm actually driving, but I'm not going to the stadium. But okay. It is uh, what a day, huh? This lovely football weather, my friend. What was the worst weather you ever played in? Yeah, terrible things like this. I mean, I can't even, I, I mean, I played my, my first year pro was in Buffalo, right? Mm. So they would get lake effect snow right. all the time, which is just massive amounts of snow. So I've played in some pretty bad stuff, but this is, uh, this is contending right now. I'll tell you that. But it's only going to be about one tomorrow. The snow won't be falling at kickoff. So in the end, there'll be stuff piled up on the, on the field beforehand. But I think during the game, it actually won't be that bad. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, winter conditions. Obviously, they're going to wait to probably clear it all uh, closer to game time. So um, it'll just be, uh, for the most part, it'll be cold. It'll be slippery. It'll just be a different environment, uh, especially for the Montreal players, I would expect. And then uh, a lot of new players to Winnipeg that haven't gone through stuff like this before. This will be an eye-opener, no question. Does it give an advantage to an offense or a defensive unit? Oh my God. Yeah, this is totally the worse the environmental conditions are, the worse the weather is, the worse the field conditions are, the better it is for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I mean, they're uh, by far and away, I think the best running team, football team, and and the best at stopping the run in the Canadian Football League. So uh, when it gets slippery, when it gets cold, it's a lot harder to pass the football with accuracy uh, everything gets shortened. You don't have to worry about deep balls anymore. And the most reliable way to advance the football is really uh, just by running it. So, I mean, they've got the two-headed rushing attack of Chris Strebler and Andrew Harris that is uh, uh, unparalleled in the CFL right now. And like I said, uh, the best run defense far and away. So they're very well suited to temperatures and conditions uh, right now. The worse, the better as far uh when it comes to uh, what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, should be looking for. Well, and you mentioned the the deep ball. That's really what got Montreal back in the game a few weeks ago in Montreal, and what allowed them to come from behind was Vernon Adams was slinging it deep, and the Bombers couldn't stop him. So, in a way, the Bombers' defense gets an added boost that way, from what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without question, this is going to uh, certainly slow down the Montreal attack. I mean, with Vernon Adams will still be able to scramble and such, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, when it comes to uh, breakdowns in the secondary guys getting behind the secondary, any kind of, uh, you know, vaunted prolific aerial attack, absolutely just met its match. This is the best coverage you could ever have in, in your secondary is, this much snow and wind and miserable conditions, nobody wants to throw the ball that far, any way, shape, or form. I think we're all grateful the game is not tonight. That's <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. It'll be a lot better, I think. Tomorrow afternoon. You might be alone if it was tonight. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I might. You might have to pay me a little extra to be on the sideline. But 
the the running attack of the Alouettes, William Stanback is not in the game tomorrow. He's on the one game injured list. How much does that hurt them? I mean, he's uh, he's a very dynamic back. Uh, I believe his own quarterback said he was uh, better than Andrew Harris. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration and ridiculous, but he is a big impact player for their football team. Uh, he's a, he can do it all as a back. He can catch footballs. He can run power in between the tackles. Uh, he's got enough speed to get to the edge and turn it upfield. So uh, he's a big, big part of their offense. And, you know, they've just clinched a playoff berth, which was uh, highly unexpected. And uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't think really there's any realistic chance they're going to threaten Hamilton for no. that first spot. So I, I don't know. I, this could be, uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they mail it in or not, right? When you come out here, it's a game you don't really need, and you have to fight all these environmental conditions. You got some players that are hurt. I mean, uh, I'm uh, thinking the Bombers should be heavily favored in this game, and I I'm, I'm certainly think they're capable of, of winning it. So how much is the onus on Chris Traveler to be better than he has been the last few weeks? Yeah, I mean, you, you just want to see your quarterback, uh, especially a, a fill-in, uh, a young guy. You want to see him get better. You want to see him learn, uh, get better the longer he plays uh, with his experience. Uh, you want to see him take better care of that football. And it's just not making the same mistakes over and over and over again. So, um, I, like, like I said, I think these kind of conditions kind of uh, favor towards what he wants to do with the football anyways, which is run it. And uh, there's a lot of short passes in the Paul Police offense as well. So this is kind of very well suited to, to what they want to do in terms of ball security, uh, take, you know, little chunks, put together time consuming drives, march the football, but uh, nothing risky, not forcing the ball down the football field. This is, uh, this kind of plays into uh, their hands and what they want to do with their game plan anyways. But I think the expectation for Chris Strebler going forward just has to be, you don't want to see these same mistakes again. You want to say, see him make incremental improvements in terms of his uh, passing prowess for sure. Do you think the Bombers are going to be watching the game tonight between the Stamps and Riders and really pay attention to how that all affects the standings, or are they only worried about their own game tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I mean, to a, to a degree, I don't think it's going to affect preparation or motivation or attitude going into their own game against Montreal because no matter what happens tonight, they need to take care of their own business and they need to get that 10th win and they need to break out of this funk and this three-game losing uh, spell that, that they're sitting in right now. So they, uh, you know, if you're a professional football player, you're obviously interested in, in uh, you know, what's going on in the CFL, especially teams uh, that are playing a game that will affect your playoff positioning, but I don't think it will affect what they're going to do tomorrow in any way, shape, or form. It'll just, it, it just adds to your film study. You know these are, uh, especially Calgary, an opponent you're going to have to get through, and uh, they're both going to be playoff opponents in the West, so uh, the more you watch them, the better off you are. I know you were on with uh, Hal yesterday. just want to get your thoughts again on what Zach Caleros can bring to this team over the last few weeks of the season. Well, you know, from every, every indication I've heard, he's, he's a very smart guy. He can pick stuff up easily. He's, uh, he's a veteran quarterback, so he uh, understands uh, stuff very well when it comes to, uh, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just him learning new terminology and understanding what, you know, routes are put together and uh, what the wording is for, for running uh, something left and uh, calling it audible and running it right. So little nuances and stuff like that. But so the expectation is he should pick it up uh, really quickly and uh you know his that in his 
very similar to what you see, uh, what we saw with Matt Nichols, right? Uh, he's a guy that, uh, for the most part, is takes care of the football uh, well. Um, he's very cerebral, but he likes to be clean, get in the upper. All right, we're having uh, phone problems with Doug Brown, but I guess we'll... You can't hear me? Well, you were cutting, here, you're cutting in and out, so uh, we'll uh, just... We've, I haven't moved. I actually parked. No, it's, our, it's on our end, Doug. We've been having issues today, oh, okay. but uh, we'll, uh, okay. we'll see you tomorrow at the stadium. We'll let you get uh, hibernated and all warm for tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you at the stadium. All right, my friend. Sorry about that. No, it's not your fault. Don't worry about it. It's okay. okay. All right, man. <laughs> And with the NLCS underway tonight, ALCS beginning tomorrow night, time to ring in Jamie Bettens, president of the Manitoba Junior Baseball League and our de facto baseball correspondent on the CGOB Sports Show. Jamie, how about that first round with three series going the distance? I don't, I, I, I just, I haven't seen that in a long time. I mean, October always provides drama and, and so much to the to baseball that even the non-baseball fan seems to be drawn to it. But it was uh, it was outstanding. The, the timing of the games was great. You catch one in the afternoon if you happen to be home early enough from work or school, and then there were games going well into the night. That if hockey wasn't doing it for you, there was definitely baseball on too. I think the big headline from round one is definitely the Nationals finding a way to beat the Dodgers. Uh, the way they won Game Five just in stunning fashion off Clayton Kershaw, and then a grand slam in the tenth inning. They kind of exercise a lot of demons with that win and. Do you get, start to get the feeling that this team might have a destiny feel to them? There, there's definitely a chance. I mean, pitching wins, and and obviously Kershaw couldn't hold up his end of the bargain as as the Hall of Famer that he will be. And uh, Scherzer and Strasburg, and 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 even you know the key piece uh, coming over from the Blue Jays, you know, closing out games it was, it was fantastic as well. So. To see them do that and, and take out L.A. when everybody thought, including myself, that this was going to be L.A.'s year, uh, you have to make them you know, a bit of a frontrunner going through to the second round here. And the Braves-Cardinals series probably start to finish was the best series of the first round. Pretty much every game going down to the wire, except game five. Ten runs in the first inning. Have you ever seen anything like that? That just took all the air out of a building. Unbelievable. Anticlimactic for sure. Um, you know, it, it started a little bit earlier in the day. And, and, you know, when I started seeing updates that it was already 10 nothing, it was almost like, what, what am I rushing home to watch now? <laughs> but, yeah, you know, to, to see what Mike Soroka, the Canadian pitcher from Calgary, did in that series and some of the other performances, you know, I, I found myself rooting for Alex Anthopoulos and even Josh Donaldson a little bit to kind of get their due as, as kind of the uh, ex-Blue Jays. But, for for St. Louis to come in and do that, I mean, it's going to be must-watch TV for the next round. And before we move on to the next round, just a last thought on the first round. Are you surprised that Houston needed five games to beat Tampa Bay? I am. I, I think that, you know, they might have started to look a little bit ahead of it when they were up by a few on them. And, uh, you know, Tampa obviously has the lineup to, to get into the playoffs, so anything can happen. Um, you know, I feel like if a couple of things could have went the other way, that series could have ended quickly as well. But, you know, Garrett, Garrett Cole coming in, I think after probably the first or second inning, I think Tampa knew that that game would have been over too. And, I mean, that's he's, he's putting up legendary-type numbers right now. So let's talk about the pitching that Houston has against the bats that the Yankees have, that they just clubbed the Twins three straight. It is really the classic pitching versus hitting in this series. It starts tomorrow night in Houston. Who do you give the edge to in this one? I, I think 
I mean, <laughs> L.A. surprised me, so I, I, I'm not sure what my word is worth these days, but I side with pitching over hitting. I just think that, you know, the ability for pitching to execute game plans on hitters seems to be a little bit better, and we're in a, in a generation in baseball right now where it's, you know, go hard or go home. They're swinging for the fences even at an 0-2 count. Um, you know, the Yankees have a few guys like, you know, Brett Gardner and, and those kind of guys that may slap the ball around a little bit, but the rest of those guys are free swingers, and to me, it doesn't set up for success. Um, you know, I also look at the other side of this in the Yankees pitching versus the Houston bats, and the Houston bats are, are pretty explosive as well. You know, let's not shortchange what Houston can bring on offense, right? We saw it two years ago in the World Series, how many dingers they hit off the Dodgers pitching in a seven-game series. Are you expecting lower-scoring games or some real fireworks here? I think these are games that could be decided by the bullpens. Um, I, I don't you know, foresee like some teams jumping out to six nothing leads. I just don't think the starters are capable of, of giving up those kind of, uh, you know, opportunities, I guess. Um, that being said, you know, New York is set up for the three run inning and, you know, guys getting a couple guys getting on base and a guy like Stanton or judge or Encarnacion. I mean, the list goes on and on and on with LeMahieu and all those other players too. They can certainly do that. Uh, I just don't see that that, kind of mentality creeps in. I I think this is a closer series and uh, games decided by the bullpens with Houston taking it. How many games? Ooh, that's a good question. I I think, I I don't know if this goes the distance, but I I think it goes at least six here. Okay. And if Garrett Cole can do even close to what he did in the first two games against Tampa Bay, where he's, you know, second all time in strikeouts or two playoff games, we're looking at a possibly like transcendent, legendary postseason performance here. Absolutely. I mean, he's already the front runner to be the MVP should they get there. Um, but can they get to Garrett Cole enough in this series? The fact that he just pitched the other day, and this is going to start fairly soon, his turn in the rotation won't come up for a while, which could present a bit of an issue, which is, you know, uh, a reason why Houston maybe shot, have shot themselves in the foot a little bit with the Tampa series here. But, you know, Verlander and, and getting a guy like Granke at the deadline should pay dividends. But, uh, you know, he obviously didn't in his last start. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, Granke going game one, Verlander two, and Cole three. It's already been announced by the Astros. Let's go to the National League now where we have Nationals and Cardinals in the championship series, I think the Nationals actually finished with more wins in the regular season than St. Louis did, but they were the wild card team, so the starts in St. Louis tonight. I get the feeling that the edge, you said front runners for the Nationals. I feel like the edge does go to Washington, but they've never really performed well as the favorites in the past. No, but they've never really performed well against the Dodgers or in the playoffs. So, you know, they, I, I kind of feel like that might go out the window at this point. Are they a team of destiny? I don't know. Is there destiny in baseball? I think there's a lot of, you know, magical feeling to it. Um, it's certainly the feel-good story right now. And I just I just don't know. I, I always cringe when I see a starting pitcher come into a game later on in the bullpen. I, I, I don't feel that that's the right way to go when you've had 162 games to figure out what your team can do and not do. Um, so to me, if, if Max Scherzer is coming in and, filling in halfway through games or throwing an inning or two here. Uh, I, I feel that that is a signal of trouble, um, which may lead to, you know, St. Louis going for it as well. But then I just, I haven't seen enough in the St. Louis pitching to really believe. I, I think Wainwright's getting a little older. The curveball throws guys off, but 
I don't really see an edge here. To me, this is an absolute toss-up. I'm seeing seven games, and uh, it's a war of attrition. Whoever happens to be left standing and take that can take that last punch is going to win this series. So on the point of the uh, starters coming out of the bullpen, the Nationals' bullpen is, is obviously a, a problem for them, but I feel like that's more of – there's a difference in strategy between a five-game series and a seven-game series, right? You kind of empty the tank a little more through five, but you can stretch out the rotation in, in over a seven-game series that maybe you're a little less prone, and a loss doesn't mean as much in a seven-game series to not pull Scherzer or Strasburg out of the bullpen or Corbin. Yeah, you would you would think that that's the rationale behind that. Um, however, it seems like teams want to shorten up their starting rotation and try to get to their starters as quickly as possible. I mean, if you look at the Houston series, for example, Granke, Verlander, and then Cole, um, they want to turn right around and go to those guys, not even probably involve a fourth starter. So it, while it may you know eliminate the opportunity for somebody to come in and throw an inning, you know, in the eighth inning or something like that. It's going to shorten that up, which will then put a focus on the bullpens. And if they haven't been used enough and battle tested in the playoffs, you know, you're susceptible to, you know, an accident or two there as well. It's kind of interesting. And we've seen, you know, we've talked a lot about the Nats bullpen, but Carlos Martinez hasn't been lights out in the playoffs for St. Louis. No, I have to think that, you know, similar to Doolittle in Washington and now them going with Hudson as kind of their pseudo closer, um, they're going to be looking for an option here right now. And they kind of have been up for you know, at least the last few months of the season, if not longer. So this could get real interesting. So you said seven, who wins it? I, I think, I, I think I'm going to say Washington because I like them. Um, the Cardinal way, you know, that everybody talks about, they, they do approach the, the game the right way and they have a pretty balanced lineup, but uh, you know, to me, Washington and Houston would be a very interesting series to see, but uh, anything can happen. Finally, how do you think, and maybe they feel nothing, but how do you think an Expos fan or someone that grew up an Expos fan feels about the Nationals right now? You know, if I'm a, if I am an Expos fan, but if I'm an actual Expos fan from Montreal, there's two things <clears throat> that are going through my head right now. One is, you know, bittersweet because the Nationals are now going, and it's not quite the team, there's not quite the personnel there anymore, but on the other side of the coin, you know, the team that might be coming to my door next season or in the next couple of seasons, you know, just made it all the way to the AL chat, almost to the AL championship series. So in Tampa Bay, so, you know, it may be tough to see the nationals go on, but at the same time, if you're going to get games from Tampa later on in the season and maybe even some playoff games, um, you know, that's not a bad trade-off. Well, Jamie, appreciate your time as always. We'll enjoy the championship series and we'll check in again right before the world series starts. Sounds great. Take care. Overall, last week, we did okay. Went four and two. I got both mine right, not bragging. But <laughs> uh, but kind of bragging. <laughs> kind of bragging. Got Joe got the Bombers wrong, but he got the Oakland to win in London right. That's some, that was yeah, a that, was big. that might be the I call che- of the year right there. I checked the stats. I know how well the Raiders do in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I failed on my Niners. I, th- I thought they'd win, but I thought they'd win by a field goal. Instead, they only allowed a field goal. Yeah. The Browns looked brutal. But I, I, can I just give myself props? I called the Alouettes to beat uh, was Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, you had the underdog you pick did. there. So that was a pretty good yeah. pick. That was yeah. a great yeah. pick. Yeah. And uh, so, hey, four and two's all right. Yeah. Let's, let's try to go six and zero oh this week. We'll go with CFL first in uh, what's going to be a fantastic weather game tomorrow, Joe. Well, 
yeah, I mean, uh, they'll do the best, obviously, to get uh, the, the field uh, as prepped as they can. But I will say this, as we know, in the Canadian Football League, when you see these kind of conditions, they usually uh, lead to bad footing on the defensive side. So I think you're going to see Mistakes the ball in the happen. air a lot. Yeah. But I think it's our running game. I think Harris has a big game here at home, and I think they punch the ball in a few times. The Bombers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they win by a touchdown. Yeah, I think it suits the Bombers' style, defense and run. And uh, let's face it, it was the Alouettes who started the Bombers on this downward trajectory yeah. with that second-half comeback a few weeks ago. It's true. And I think that what precipitated that comeback was Montreal just slinging it downfield, mm-hmm. just chucking it deep, yeah. and it worked. Yeah, will it work again tomorrow? We'll find out. Yeah, our fans hope not because they need to steer this in the right direction soon. Yeah, you know, here's the thing too: in the Canadian Football League, you lose three in a row. That doesn't happen very often anymore. And this team is better than a team that loses three in a row. I that think. makes sense. So they turn it around. And the Caleros trade might have been like a shock to the system. Like, okay, yeah, we'll time to wake up here. I think it has no bearing on the team, but it was a shock to his system with this weather. <laughs> I could tell you. <laughs> God, crap, we got to come into this. All right, Philly. BC in Edmonton. Did, hmm. did we think earlier this year that we'd see the Lions two and a half point favorites on the road? No. That's where they've won four straight. Starting to look like a Lions team with a quarterback like Mike Riley. Straight, but they've beaten Toronto and Ottawa. Okay. Basically. Well, I'm saying I'm saying they're going to win in Edmonton. Okay. They're going to cover that two and a half. And if they do, all of a sudden, BC is just a win behind Edmonton. And yeah. they're starting to think, oh, maybe the Eskimos don't have the fourth place locked up. Now, they lost Trevor Harris, mm-hmm. so that's a big dagger. Yeah. I have to go with Logan Kilgore now. but Familiar territory for Riley yeah. in if Edmonton. Lions, if the Lions win, like, Seven in a row to finish the regular season? Be something. Hey, it, we see this in sports, yeah. in football especially, where a team gets hot at the right time. They go. I think they'd have to finish like 8 and 10. They go into Montreal and they'll the crossover, and who knows what could happen. Yeah, the crossover used to be what you wanted if you're coming out of the West. Not so much anymore. Yeah, There's the some good teams in the <laughs> yeah. East. All right, so that leaves me with the game that just started about, eh, yeah, a couple, uh, couple minutes ago. Saskatchewan in Calgary. Two and a half point spread that Calgary is favored by Saskatchewan by less than a field goal. So that means Vegas thinks Saskatchewan is better than Calgary. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, me neither. I know Calgary just lost in Montreal, but Calgary at home at McMahon in this kind of weather, I think it's going to be Calgary by a field goal, but that's enough to cover that spread. The Battle of the Dickinsons. And if you're the Bombers, though, what do you want there? Because if you're thinking, okay, we, we want a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. Then you're probably going to want Saskatchewan to win, just get the one seed, so that the Bombers can take over. Calgary I don't think the, the two bo- seed, but you can't cheer for Saskatchewan. I don't think. I don't think the Bombers have anything on their mind right now. I know. Other I mean, fan wise, let's yes. get this ship. Let's get this ship going again. Yeah. And we we've got two against the Stamps too. Exactly. To wrap so you up control the destiny year. there. <laughs> All right. So that's the CFL, NFL. It's actually a decent slate of games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Some real good matchups. There you are. There you are. My head scratcher last week was Oakland. To beat Chicago because Chicago's on a bit of a run. And I thought Oakland was because they had won the week before. I'm going to give you this one. You're probably going to scratch your head again. Jacksonville Mm. are slight favorites at home. One point favorites. One point favorites. I will tell you right now, they will beat New Orleans in Jacksonville. I just Mm. have one of those gut feelings. And New Orleans has played really well. They've played really well. They've beaten without Drew Brees. They've beaten 
Dallas. And Seattle. They've beaten Seattle. Yeah. And then they beat Tampa Bay last week. A lot I of think people, there's enough swagger, though, in that quarterback in Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew. A lot yeah. of people calling New Orleans the best team in the in the NFC right now. Just waiting for Drew Brees to get back. That's Complete right. team, yeah. Oh, that. my God. Yeah, I don't know. I just have one of those feelings. I can't base it on anything That's else okay. but that. It's okay. Go with your gut, man. Speaking of a couple of the top teams in the NFC, big one. Big NFC West matchup. My Niners at Ooh. the Rams. Going with this team again? Rams are three and a half point favorites. No. And I hate betting I hate betting against Whoa. my team. But the, the cold hard facts are this. The 49ers going on the road. The Rams need to get their ship righted. We know they're a good team. You you look at the Niners and they're 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 gonna lose some games this year. They're probably gonna wind up, you know, what, eleven and five, maybe. So where are they gonna lose their games? At LA against a good Rams team seems like a good place for them to get their first loss. That that's just the way well, I look at that. And the Rams have lost what two? Yeah, yeah. The Rams yeah. got to get going again, and I say they rally to the. It'll be a good game, but yeah. I like the Rams. I yeah. like that pick, Philly. You betting against your own team? I like that. <laughs> Hard to more. do. Think of it. Either way, he wins, right? Because either he wins the bet, or his team wins. That is a yeah. yes. Or the Rams win by three. In which case. And San Francisco has some injuries right now, too. That's true. There's yeah, so. nothing worse, though, than really putting down money, though. Is there a, against your team? I like, know. it hurts. Not you're, fun. You're, you're cheering for them to fail. It's <laughs> yes. weird. And that's why I'm not going to put money on my game. Uh, the Vikings are at home favored by three over Philly. The Vikings at home are a totally different beast, but they're also a different beast. Kirk Cousins against winning teams in his career is like 5-29. and 29. <laughs> So I'm not putting money on that. I know quite a few people going down to Minnesota this weekend. In this weather, they're driving down. And so I want to just wish them all the best Absolutely. traveling because uh, it'll be one heck of a weekend with the Eagles in town. Yeah, but, yeah uh, that'll be a great game. But I'm going to go to Kansas City. And I know the Chiefs lost at home last week, and they didn't score 25 for the first time and Lord knows how long. But they're not going to do that two games in a row. They got Houston, who is also very fun, but very up and down. Mm-hmm. They've gone weeks where they haven't really done much on offense, and then they hang 53 on the Falcons. Kansas City is only favored by four. So Vegas was a little scared by last week. And K- Casey has injuries, but I get the feeling that they're going to bounce back. If they're the, the contender we think they are, and Houston's good, but Casey's just electric. So I'm going to say think, Casey covers four points. I okay. think Casey gets Tyreek Hill back. I'm almost positive. Okay, That's a big part of their offense. And, yeah, they need a bounce back. I'll tell you what, take the over. Yes. That's going to be a high-scoring game. I think that'll be one. That might be the game of the weekend. Yeah, for sure I'd watch. say so. So. Well, wish us luck. Yeah. Reconvene in a week, and hopefully we'll count our dollars. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy footballing. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?